welcome back to Beyond the Fairy Tale. I'm your host, Nicole Wood, and today I've got special guest, Jenna Sansom. Yeah. She's a business mindset and mentor coach. So welcome, yeah, Jenna. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Tell everyone what you're about. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this conversation. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, so I'm Jenna Sansom. I am a business and mindset coach, so I delve into the world of helping people evolve and grow and expand past limitations, past beliefs, patterns, behaviors that have kept them stuck where they are and really just help people go from living a mediocre life to living a life full of passion and purpose. Amazing. So my first question is I wanted to know what led you to becoming a business and mindset mentor coach oh this is a great question I mean over the past four years in my journey of getting to where I am now there's so much that has happened however the pivotal moment for me was really just wanting more and I I feel like a lot of people feel that like I I just I wanted so much more And, and mind you in the beginning I was working in hospitality I and you know to be honest I pretty okay life like my life was actually okay however I just knew that there was so much more out there for me to experience and I'd gone to uni I had done all the things I'd sign up for courses I'd done all this and I just knew that there was so much more and I lacked the clarity, right? Like I, I actually didn't know what that looks like for me. I didn't know what my next steps were. And that's what led me to evolve to where I am today. And I mean, there has been such pivotal moments throughout the journey over the past four years that have got me to where I am today. And there's been phenomenal moments and there's also been moments where I feel like shit is hitting the fan and I feel like my whole life is crashing down yeah the catalyst to get me to where I am today and you know I feel like through that journey of going through that myself and experiencing the highs and lows of the evolution of myself and my business it's a testament to the the kind of woman that I am today, both in my personal life and in my business. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say you're in hospitality because I was in hospitality too and I had that feeling of wanting more. Like I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do forever, but I also had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew that wasn't it. Mm. And I had that, that really strong sense of like, I just don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like I know I'm good at it. I know it's comfortable. I know it's safe. I know I can get a job anywhere in the world. Being in hospitality, it's like a catch-22 because you can get so comfortable in hospo when you're good at it because you can get a job so easy mm-hmm. when you're a hospitality worker. You can literally pick up a job like that. If you lose a job, you can find another one. It's just like yeah. there's always a position for a hospo worker and I feel like people can get really stuck in hospo for a very long time. And like when you have that mindset of like, for me, I feel like I had the mindset back then of I'd never done anything other than coffee. I don't have any other skill under my belt. Like I didn't know what else I could do. So like what was your first thing that you did like to step away from that? What was the very first thing that you tried? Yeah, I love this. 
because it it's wild, right? Because and I I just want to quickly, you know, like really feel you in on that because it it's so true. We get into the comfort zone of well, this is all I've done and this is all I know, and so for people who feel that inner knowing of there's something more for me out there, it can be scary. It's it's like stepping into the unknown, right? It's like oh, I've got actually no idea what else I can do and it's easy to stay in the comfort zone but for me with the pivotal moment of getting out of that hamster wheel that I was on I guess it wasn't so much of a choice for me I was kind of forced into it so for me uh it all happened when the big C happened a few years ago and I actually lost my job so many people evolved from that right yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, for so many people, it was a really hectic time and a lot of shifts happened. And for me, it it truly changed the game for me. And so if that never happened, God, who knows? I might still be working in hospo to this day. Yeah. However, I'm so glad that it all happened. So for me, it wasn't so much of a choice. It was more of a, I was kind of forced into it. I lost my job. Luckily for me, I, I had savings so, you know, there was lockdowns and things for a bit, but then I ended up um, getting in my partner at the time's car. We ended up traveling up to northern Queensland. We did Great Ocean Road. It was freaking phenomenal. And like I said before, like for me, when I was was in that hamster wheel of life, I actually liked oh, my life. Like oh. nothing was going wrong. Nothing was horrible. It took me to really step back from that life to realize oh wow there's actually more for me out there like I actually crave so much more I want the time freedom to be able to get in a car and travel whenever I want to you know there's there's so much more out there for me to explore so for me yeah like I mentioned it wasn't so much of a choice I was kind of forced into it and then it was the it was the landing for me that went oh, wow, there's so much more. And I never went back to that old life. And yeah. I started taking steps steps forward. Even when I didn't have the clarity and the knowing of what was next, I just consistently put myself in new situations, new opportunities, new environments, new people, and showed myself what was possible. Because like you said, for people who are in that hamster wheel of life that they're on, and it's all they know, it can be easy to go, well, what else is there for me? Like, this is what's comfortable to me. This is all I know. Mm. And, you know, like, it can be hard to to go and try new things. We, like, we're creatures of habit. We want to do the things we know we're good at. Yeah. Feel good. And so when you're, like, yeah, sure, when you're in high school, when you're in, when you, when you're younger, you can try all these things, and it can be a bit of fun and play, but when you have responsibility on your shoulders, it can be hard to, to step out of the comfort zone, and to try new things that you have no idea may or may not work, and for me, it was leaning into that discomfort, and trusting in the process. Was there any, like, when you're in that time of, you know, like the big C and you knew you had, to, there was more out there for you. Was there like any books or podcasts or mentors that you were like listening to or like talking to that sort of led you to understand that 
when you actually push yourself out of your comfort zone and actually push for the things that you want and love energetically, yeah. you know, the right things come to you. Like, did you, were you aware of all that stuff back then or was it sort of unconsciously happening because you just decided all of a sudden I need to sink or swim? Yeah. So for me, I mean, first things first, I had so much free time. I went from working, you know, in all of the hospital workers who are listening out there, I was working up to 16 hours a day, six days a week, hectic. And so all of a sudden I went from working so much and doing all these crazy things to, oh my God, I have so much free time. What do I do? And so I I love this question. So it really did start with the podcast for me, um, books like Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Jordan Peterson, all of those kinds of things. That's when I actually started yoga. And then during during lockdowns, I actually started a yoga teacher training online. And that's how I got into this space of energetics and mindset and all of those kinds of things was, was diving into yoga, connecting deeper with myself, becoming more self-aware with how I was feeling. Because for so long, I was disconnected from who I truly was, what I valued, what I believed in. You know, I was just on the wheel of life of working and coming home and cooking dinner and cleaning up and then working again and then doing it all over again the next day. You know, like I said before, we're creatures of habit. So looking back, I was so used to doing the same things day in and day out that when all of that happened, it disrupted everything. And it started showing me a whole new way of life. It, it started showing me, oh, there's actually other ways to do things. There's other ways to live my life. And for me, I'm so grateful that I got given so much spare time where I got to just sit down on the couch and listen to podcasts and, and read books. And, you know, in the beginning, especially Dr. Joe Dispenza's stuff, you know, like he he couldn't walk. And... By all, with all the quantum healing, he started walking. And in the beginning, when I when I heard that, when I when I listened to his podcast and I read his books, I was like, no, like I was a bit skeptic. I was like, yeah, no way, yeah. That, however, the more that I started to to really put myself into these new possibilities, I was like, oh, this is a whole world that is left unexplored for me, and. That was yeah. catalyst. Like I lent into what I didn't believe was possible and it showed me so much more that was possible, you know? And and before all of that happened, I was sitting in the comfort bubble of everything that I knew or everything that I thought I was possible to do. And for me, that time and putting myself in the room with the expanders and listening to those inspiring conversations and reading those inspiring books really just opened my mind up to what else was out there and you know starting with the whole like this is why I love spirituality energetics all of those things because it was really the catalyst for me I in the past was was never never into that but then that and and mind you a, a year later I started my very first online product based business which was selling crystals you know, yeah. being a skeptical human about all of that kind of spirituality, energetic stuff to absolutely loving it and yeah. being a hard fan and wanting to tell everyone about it because it changed my life. And then it led me into the journey of 
not only learning about the spirit and energetics, but also learning about the mind and the body and the power of who we are as a human. So was the crystals your first business? Yeah, it was my first business. So starting lots of yoga during lockdowns and things like that, you know, a lot of people think that when you do yoga, you're just doing a bunch of stretching, but it actually is so much more than that. You know, you're connecting to your body, you're connecting to your prana, your life force energy. You're moving emotion through you. Think about it. Emotion is energy in motion. So for me, it was it was so much deeper than that. And that's what I explored through yoga. So I went to yoga, to the podcast, the books, to learning about crystals and loving them. And that's how Terran Crystals started, which mind you, I only finished up less than six months ago. You know, oh, wow. So your baby. It literally was my first child. Like I baby. loved that business so much. And it got me to where I am today. And having that business taught me so much about business. And without that, I wouldn't be the business mentor I am. And without all of my life's journey, I wouldn't be the mindset coach that I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So what else have you done? Because I remember when we first started talking, when Jenna was explaining to me everything she has done, I was just like, whoa, she's got like so many skills under her belt. Like Jenna is someone who's got a finger in every pie. (laughs) I feel like there's nothing you haven't done. So like you do sound bowl healing as well. Is that right? Yeah, so exactly like you said, I don't put all of my eggs in one basket. So sound healing and that just started from being a hobby and something that I loved to meeting my beautiful partner who also loves it. So we work together and now we do sound healing events on the Gold Coast every second Tuesday. We also do sound healing certifications, which is phenomenal. And I do that. I do. I've done hypnotherapy. I've done NLP. I've done counseling. I've done Reiki. I've done human design. I've I've literally done it all. And mind you, and I, I always say this to people, I feel like, you know, you can do all the courses, you can do all the things and don't get me wrong. They're all tools that you can add to your tool belt. Yeah. Really? The, the thing that stands out the most is life experience and yeah your own journey and your ability to hold yourself through all of that, that takes the cake for sure. Yeah. What would you say was your most crucial form of training, say, like obviously you've learned about hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy, Reiki, you've done NLP, I'm guessing you're a master prac at NLP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So take away the fact that you can train in that. For someone actually doing it, what would you say would be the most powerful? Mm, Like the most powerful modality of all of them? Yeah, like if you had to choose one to do first, if you had, say, you're like someone struggling for money, you win like a certain amount of money that can pay for one of those things, like what's the first one you're going to do? Definitely NLP. So yeah. I did NLP last year and, you know, just straight off the bat, I'm, I'm a transparent woman and NLP in the personal development world can get a little bit of a bad rap sometimes. You know, the, the oh, t- really? people can go, 
oh, what's that? Like, what what is NLP? Or, you know, like there can be a lot of NLP coaches out there who are just surface level. But, you know, for me and when I trained NLP at, it was freaking phenomenal. So I trained NLP with Elizabeth Ann Walker and that was the integrated NLP. So it wasn't just NLP. It was so much deeper than that. It was integrating the mind, the body, and the spirit using the power of NLP. So NLP, I'll, I'll chunk it down for you. So neuro meaning the mind, linguistic meaning programming and language, right? And then the programming meaning the beliefs, the values, all of those kinds of things that have been embedded into our unconscious mind throughout our life. So I want you to think about this for a second. You have this set program of beliefs, values, behaviors, programs that you don't actually realize are running on autopilot. Yeah. You know, think of this for a moment. Think about when you hop in the car and you have a set sequence of how you like turn your car on. And it's this like you don't even have to think about it. It's just all unconscious. Like you might get in the car and you put your seatbelt on first, put the key, like it's just the same thing every single day. Okay. And don't realize you don't have to think about it. You know, same way as you get in the shower and wash your body, you might do it the same way. The same way that, like, I know for me, when I paint, um, pop my face facial oil on after a shower, it's the same way. Every <laughs> it's the same way. I don't even have to think about it, right? And think about this and map this across to certain thoughts or behaviors or patterns. You know, our body and our and our brain is is built for survival. It, it's it's built to expend the least amount of energy possible. And so we just go on autopilot mode and, you know, mapping it back across to who I was prior to being a businesswoman and prior to being an entrepreneur and being able to help other people become an entrepreneur themselves, I was in that autopilot mode. And so NLP really taught me disrupting all of that. And teaching my brain teaching my body something different you know and and becoming friends with discomfort becoming friends with disrupting the pattern disrupting the behaviors disrupting the 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 patterns and the stories and the narratives that I was telling myself on a daily basis unconsciously yeah you know like that was truly so powerful for me and you know like I, I truly do love NLP. For example, like I work now in the same company that I did that NLP training with. I'm now their social media manager. And I go to every single event, every single event that they run. And I love everything about it. You know, we get 50 to 60 people in every single training and nothing beats seeing people's faces the first day that they walk in versus the last day that they walk out. You know, yeah. the shift and the change is phenomenal and being able to hold that space for people, knowing the the transformative shifts that it's created for me is phenomenal. And and now to be able to pass that on to my clients and not even to my clients, but also to my friends and to my family and to strangers that I see, you know, being able to just be that light for people and show them another way of thinking, you yeah. know. It's it's truly powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. I do hope to be 
doing that course one day. It will happen for me. I know this in yeah. the future. <laughs> I do want to do it one day. But yeah, see, I have, I've only done a couple of things. And for me, obviously, being a single mom, it's very hard to get like the time to be able to do these sorts of things. And I, I always do wonder, like, I keep asking myself this question on this healing journey. I'm like, do I need to do all these things? Do I have to do the NLP, the hypnotherapy, the Reiki? Do I have to do these things to get where I want to go? Or like, is it ne- like is it a necessity? But I do think it is really helpful if you can do something. And yeah. like for me, I think my first spiritual awakening was under hypnotherapy, hip- hypnosis, hypnosis. Yeah. So I never knew that hypnosis was spiritual mm-hmm. and I'd actually organized it so I had a friend who was like because my ex has addiction issues and she was like this could help him break his addiction so I was thinking like it was hypnotherapy like it just tell like tells them to not like drugs like I thought it was that, like that sort of hypnotherapy I didn't know it was spiritual at all and then when my ex come back and told me about it I was like this sounds nice. I feel like I need to do this because I, I knew at that point in my life, I didn't know what it was, but my body, which you would know what this means, my body felt so heavy, mm. like I was filled with toxic energy. I knew I was filled with toxic energy and I the only way I can explain it is I felt like I needed to spew it all out. Like I just had this yeah. weight in me and I also used to feel like I was always out of my body. And I was never fully in my body. So when I heard about his experience with hypnotherapy, I was like, wow, maybe I need to do this. And for me, like that was a really, that was, I would call my gateway to my spiritual journey because like it really like made me say things that I was so unaware of about myself and things I was holding on to and the gifts that I have that I I didn't realize I had like. I always knew I was quite spiritual from a young age because my nan, I not everyone's going to believe in this stuff, but my nan was a white witch. Yeah. So my family are from the UK. They're from, you know, the very spiritual side of the world. And nan was a white witch. And um, so I grew up hearing all about spirits and like, you know, all that stuff. So I was like open to all that stuff. But I had no idea of the other side of it that I'm learning about now which is you know the frequencies and the law of attraction and the manifestation and all the stuff I I was uh, which I'm still only just learning about now back when I was a young girl it was just like I believe in spirits and that was about it (laughs) yeah yeah I love it it's it's such a whole new realm to explore and learning about the mind body and spirit truly it's it's so powerful so powerful because regardless of whether you're consciously aware of it or not, like we are constantly tapped into our mind. We're constantly tapped into our body. We're constantly tapped into our spirit. And the more that we can learn about it and the more that we can expose ourselves to the power of it is it expands us to so much more. Like there is so much more out there for you to learn. And, you know, going back to the to the whole thing that you were saying about, you know, do I need to do all of this? It's interesting because a lot in the per- a lot of times in the personal development world, you can see people go on about, I've spent this much money on personal development. I've done this, I've done that. And for a lot of these people, these people are influential, you know, yeah. and it's up to them and we can go, oh, that's where I want to be. 
and then they t- it, it's like they give you the ingredient of how they got to where they are and it almost takes away from your own personal journey yeah and you know it's like oh do I have to spend fifty thousand dollars to to become like them but the reality of it is is don't get me wrong you know I, I'm I'm not one to say don't do the courses because I I'm truly I truly know that doing the courses and investing in mentors and coaches and doing all those things fast-tracked my success. Yeah. How still behind that, I needed to have self-awareness and the emotional intelligence to be able to fully embody and go all in on those courses. So yeah. signed up for all of those courses and done all those things and done nothing with it. However, there, like there is free resources out there for you, you know, yeah. let's read the books. That's how it all started for me. Yeah. It all, it all happened. And, and then I got the opportunity to be able to invest in all of these amazing courses and mentors and coaches. However, the only piece of advice that I would give to people is if you want to do that, do it. It will help you. It will fast track your success. But embodiment is the key. Like if you want to get the most out of your investment in any of these things, embody it, go all in, do all the things and just expect the unexpected. Like I'm sure with you, with with your hypnosis session, you would have never experienced that before. You wouldn't even think that you would have experienced that, right? So if you were to go in with expectations of this is how I'm going to feel, like it's it's boxing you into what you can experience, but for you, it's yeah. going into that and going, oh wow, I didn't I didn't expect this, and all of this has just happened, you yeah. know. Like that's the most important thing when we go in and we put ourselves in new experiences and new situations is leaning into that. And as long as you go all in and you put in a hundred and ten percent. Everything is worth it. But here's the thing. If you're not willing to put in 110% in your everyday, what makes you think that you can do that inside a course? What makes you think that you can do that with a coach, with a mentor? You know, like, have you been telling yourself that you're going to meditate every day and you don't? Have you been telling yourself that you're going to stretch or work out or go to the gym every day and you don't? You know, you need to start practicing the discipline, the commitment, the motivation without all of those things first because what makes you think you can do it as soon as you get that? Yeah, it's very interesting you say that because I went through a bit of that recently because obviously I've just started my podcast and there's so much out there from coaches of things and they say, you know, you need to put in the work, you need to show up, you need to do X, Y, Z, right? But then on the same token, I felt like I put myself in a position, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, where energetically I felt I could do recording that day. I just really just, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just not in the zone today. I was having one of those days. And because of those, that outside, you know, opinion of showing up every day. And I felt like I've never done that for myself. I push myself to try and record and I actually, okay, I'm showing up for myself today, whether I feel like it or not. I did the meditation, do what, do what I normally do before I start a podcast, which is I'll, I'll go on a walk, I'll listen to someone else's podcast, so I'll try and um, inspire myself from someone else. I'll do my positive affirmations. I did all the things. I spent like hours just trying to get myself in the zone. 
And by the time I got to it, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. And I was like, I feel like in that moment, I should have listened to my body and taken the rest that I clearly needed. So there's like, I feel like there's a fine line between showing up and listening to your body. So how would you, how would you like give advice on that? Yeah, this can be a hard thing for people to navigate because in a world of hustle culture and in a world of people unconsciously knowing that, yeah, you do need to put in the work to reap the results, everything like, like unconsciously people know this. However, let me remind you that you're in the driver's seat of this. Like you're the one who does these things. And for me, this is something that I've learned to navigate and I'm still learning to navigate yeah. to be able to really know that I get to do it all. I get to have days where I go all in on my business and I work so hard and I also have can have days where I go all in on myself and doing things that makes me feel great and I get to enjoy the swing of the pendulum kind of thing. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is is yeah, and you were kind of mentioning this before about a, a moment in your life where you felt disconnected from your body, you felt dissociated. And for a lot of people, when we're living in that autopilot mode, this can be normal for us, like to, to not feel connected to our body. And I feel like this is due to the societal standards of living a certain way because we should rather than truly tuning into the body of what feels great for us yeah and for me it's I I always with everything that I do you know when it comes to my business when it comes to my life when it comes to jumping on podcasts like this the type of energy like everything that you put energy into has a certain vibration, has a certain frequency. And I want to be putting love, compassion, like all of those wonderful things into everything that I do. And in order for me to do that, I need to fill up my own cup first. Yeah. You know, and I know to continue being the powerhouse woman that I am and the great businesswoman and the great entrepreneur, but also most importantly, the great human the great partner, the great daughter, the great sister, all of those kinds of things, I need to shop for myself because at the end of the day, everything that I do, everything that I am is an extension of me. And if I prioritize all of those things outside of me rather than myself, I'm just going to burn myself out, you know? And so it's knowing and it's this is the trust and surrender piece of the whole quote-unquote manifestation and manifestation is a whole nother topic within itself you know I feel like there's so many concepts and conversations around it however like a big piece of manifestation is yeah cool planting the seed and going this is what I want but the most important thing is trusting and surrendering in the process that it's all unfolding perfectly for you and it's learning what that looks like for you You know, I've looked up to people in the same industry that I'm in who are doing amazing things and who are working every single day, like 10-hour days. Well, that works for them. That works for Sally down the road. But for me... That might not work. Me, I want to put energy into me and my partner. I want to take time for me. And it's finding what feels great. And like our body 
and this is what I this is what I meant before by going from dissociated to associated to being in our body and feeling into our body and knowing what feels great for us. Yeah. Doesn't have words to speak to us. But the way in which it does speak to us is through those little nudges. Like it, it's, and, and you can't even put it into words, but it's just that, that feeling of something's off, something's happening. I, I, I need to shift something. I need to, I, I need to change this. I need to not do this and, and leave it for another day. Or- I think that's something I'm still learning with. And I feel that for me, I don't, being a single mom, you definitely don't fill your own cup up. And your cup does get overflowing a lot of the time. And I feel like not having that support from someone else, you are doing it all yourself. And for me, I think I'm still learning to realize when my cup is about to overflow. So Mm. I feel like I struggle with filling my own cup up, but I don't recognize it until it's about tipping point. And that's where I'm starting to have to learn to start obviously pulling back my energy from certain things and filling my own cup up because that's something I struggle with. It's always either to the point where I'm about to tip or when I tip, you know, and I, the only way I know is like, maybe I'll have reactions towards my daughter that I don't want to have, but they're like a knee jerk reaction. They're not, it's not conscious, it's knee jerk. And I know that comes from me not filling up my own cup. And I know that it means it's full and I've just been knee jerked into that reaction So how would you suggest to people to know when maybe those little insights are coming? Because I feel like sometimes you're not aware and then it surprises you and you're like, whoa. Yes. So there's this really great analogy that I love to help explain this and it's called the feather that bricks a truck. And it, it really shows us, this analogy shows us that you know, whether you want to call it the universe, whether you want to call it your higher self, whether you want to call it just your body, shows us signs of when to slow down. So, you know, the feather is that first little sign from ourselves, from the high, from our higher selves, from the universe, whatever. Hey, it's time to switch things up. Or, hey, it's time to give some time to yourself. You know, it's that it's gentle little feather touch. And then we don't listen to that. So then we get the brick. And that's a little bit more hectic. You're like, oh, okay, yep, I felt that. All right, I'm feeling a bit tense. I'm feeling a bit stressed. I can feel the tension in my body. You know, I'm reacting a little bit quicker than what I would like to. My creativity and and my love and my self-expression isn't the greatest. But then you don't listen to that either. So then you get yeah. a tr- And this is when you wake up and you don't feel like doing anything and you don't want to talk to anyone. Like it, it could be anything. It can be a moment where you go, Oh, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm tired. I'm all right. However, does it need to get to that truck message for us to go? Okay, it's time to do something for myself. It's time to fill up my own cup. Or can we start listening to those feather signs? Can we start listening to those little messages from our body and and from whatever it is that you're connected to? Can you listen to that? And that be your internal compass to do something for yourself and to put yourself first. You know, does it always have to get catastrophic to the point where you're in bed, can't do anything, don't want to talk to anyone to fill up your own cup? And no matter what situation you're in, 
there's always a way, you know. And for me, I did this last week. I wrote down a list of all of the things that helped me fill up my cup. Yeah. And it's not just stuff like go on a holiday, do this. It's not all those extravagant things. It was little things like a beach swim or a walk, yeah. a 10 minute meditation, or even as simple as going to a cafe and ordering a hot chocolate in the mug. Like I love sitting in a cafe. I don't know. It's the feeling of it for me. Yeah. Like sitting, holding a, like a hot mug. It's, and then hearing everything that's going on. Like I love it. Yeah. And that, that fill up my cup. And now I prioritize those. I do, I do that at least three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like minimum for me. And what would you say, would you say that's like, because I, I just to chime in, I had some advice recently from a coach Yeah. and his advice to me was, he asked me what my love languages were and he yeah. told me to start doing them on myself every day. And he said, you know, cause my love languages are acts of service and gift giving. And when I say gift giving, it's not extravagant gifts. It's like, I go down the supermarket. If I see your favorite chocolate bar, I'm going to get it for you because that's like my way of saying I care. Yeah. So he's like, you know, you need to start doing little things like that on yourself every day to show self-love to yourself. And I was like, wow, like, and I know I've heard of this before, but it didn't land with me when I heard it the first time. And this time it really did land with me. And I was like, oh my God, I don't do this for myself. I don't do those little things for myself. I'm always just like, look after Bodie, look after Bodie, look after Bodie, get Bodie to kindy, podcast, like, it's always like, and if it's not that, it's washing or cleaning or, you know, and like when I when I do do things for myself, I do like now and then I've been doing the journaling and the positive affirmations. But, yeah, I think there's more things I could do. And one of his suggestions was even to write a love letter to yourself. And I was like, wow, that's like so yeah. nice. I never well, thought of that. Yeah, and when you like even take on that, take that on board, and if you don't know about love languages, definitely learn more about it. But I know for me, like my two main love languages is quality time and uh, giving gifts as well. And when I think about when I think about the things that fill up my cup, it has a lot to do around that. So, yeah. you know, yeah, cool. Love language is about how you love other people and how you like to be loved. But hold on, we're neglecting ourselves here. Yeah, and exactly like you said, it. You know, you don't have to take those love languages out of proportion and, you know, for the gift giving, go and gift yourself $1,000 worth of clothes. It could it to be. But I know for me, the gift giving for me, like, it could look like baking myself a banana bread. And, like, my gift to myself for the next few days, I get to sit down for a little afternoon tea and have, like, have a piece of banana bread, which is my favorite baked goods. Like, it can be as simple as that. Like it doesn't have to be like filling up our cup doesn't have to look like putting everything on a back burner and doing something for ourselves a whole entire day. It might look like that. Yeah. But I feel like for me, it used to be like that when I used to burn myself out to the brim. Whereas now that I've learned to manage it every single day and give myself love every single day, I get to juggle both. I get to show up for my business fully at 100% with so much energy, love, creativity, and compassion while also giving time to myself. It doesn't have to be a week long of hustle, 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 and then a week long of self-love and self-care because I burnt myself out the week before. Yeah, and I think that comes down to also learning 
probably about the masculine and the feminine balance too, right? Because I'm still, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge on the masculine and the feminine. Like I understand the concepts of it, but I would say from what I gather from the recent research on it is that I would sit a lot in my masculine because I am a single mum and doing the job for both. So I kind of am forced to sit in my masculine, I believe. But Mm -hmm. I also listened to a podcast recently, which I was going to ask you about if you follow this sort of stuff is following the flow of your menstrual cycle and how your energy may sit within your menstrual cycle. So I don't know if you, you, do you know Davina? No, I don't. Okay. She, she showed up on Trap's podcast recently. She used, she was on maths and she's on this journey and she had a lady on her podcast recently and she spoke on like the different times in your cycle and when you, what part of your cycle you'll be like in that hustle mode and when you're best to be doing like you know, the masculine energy stuff and what part of your flow you're in your flow and you should be in your feminine. And it was really interesting. So I wondered if you like ever look into that. Obviously right now you're pregnant, so. (laughs) (laughs) You're practicing it right now. (laughs) I find your pregnancy has its own up and downs and I would imagine its own hormonal, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so you know what? It's really funny um, because... I, for so long, was sitting in that masculine frame. I was dissociated from my body. I wasn't very connected to my cycle. And it's actually funny, not long before falling pregnant was when I started really diving into my cycle and, you know, knowing when I was ovulating and using that time to go out and hang out with friends and get all my work done and set all my meetings up around that time. And then you know, the winter phase of going into my menstrual cycle of really slowing down and and relaxing and taking more time for me and not spending as much time with people, it, it allowed me a gateway to connect with my body on a deeper level and to understand what was going on in my body and to work with it rather than against it. You know, we are cyclical beings, just like the moon, for example, right? And so working with it is, is so powerful and harnessing it, harnessing the energies depending on where we are at our cycle is so incredibly powerful. And, you know, like you said, for me, obviously I'm pregnant at the moment, so not experiencing, you know, ovulation, getting my period, all of those wonderful things. Um, however, like I said, pregnancy has been a whirlwind of all of these emotions within itself and the initiation into motherhood has been a journey just packaged up in a box and given to me. It's it's truly been so beautiful and now learning to navigate this whole new life and way of living and looking into the future going, oh, what's business and life going to look like when I have a small child? <laughs> You know, yeah, so that leads to the next part of the topic is, yeah, how are you going to, what does it look like for you being a business mentor coach yeah. and being a mum? Great question. <laughs> it's so funny because I try to look at the vision of what it's going to look like. However, for me, something that I've already solidified is I'm actually going in with like I was saying before, going in with no expectations and just allowing it to come in with open arms. For me, if anything, it isn't so much about looking at what it's going to look like. It's it's already embodying who I want to be and the type of mum and the type of businesswoman that I want to be now. 
and starting to embody that now. And I, I love how this is coming off the back of the conversation we just had around taking time for you and, and prioritizing self-care because that's been the biggest piece for me because yeah. it's so easy to wear all the hats but forget about the one actually wearing the hat. You know, we can wear the, wear the hats of being a businesswoman, being a mom, being a partner, being a daughter, being a this, being a that, being a worker, all of those kinds of things. But we are the ones that wear the hat. So for me, it's been really just connecting with my body, listening to my body, doing things for me. And I know that no matter what motherhood looks like for me, you know, I'm like three or four months away from giving birth. Whatever it looks like for me, as long as I'm connected to myself and I'm solid in myself, doesn't matter how motherhood looks for me. You yeah. know, as long as I fill up my cup so I can show up fully to all of the things, that's what matters most. And I think the more that we try to create a vision on it of this is what it's going to look like, the more we're actually going against trusting and surrendering in the process and yeah. not that everything's going to unfold exactly how it's meant to i think so many people are literal control freaks and going this is how to look it's like no it'll actually unfold exactly how it's meant to unfold because yeah. i have friends i have family who are mothers and i look to them in their life and what works for them may not work for me exactly me, it's actually not so much about a vision but it's how I feel and that's just something that I get to experience when it happens and for me right now it's been practicing embodiment and tapping into my body now more than ever so that when that comes I can listen to my body's internal cues I can listen to my body when it asks me to slow down I can yeah. listen to my body when it asks me to take time with my family you know, I can I can listen to my body when it asks me to go all in on my business. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It just gets to be created off how I feel and how I want it to in every moment. I'm so excited to see this unfold for you too because for me, obviously, my journey started post my daughter being born and it wasn't until about her being probably seven or eight months old till I started listening to the podcast, doing the learning about my own traumas, triggers, things like that. So for me, it's really exciting time where I am right now, being able to watch people who are already ahead of that journey, but are only just becoming parents and to see how their child grows in that environment. And it's just like so exciting because this next wave of children that are coming are just going to be the most healed human beings because of the amount of people who are doing the work and yeah it's really exciting to see that happen because for me obviously it didn't happen until quite some time after my daughter was born so it's really cool to watch it unfold for people and for me like naturally within labor I was in that mind space of when it came to having Bodhi that was the thing I was I did I was peak COVID when I was pregnant so there was no um what are those birthing classes called like where you go in and you learn to yeah yeah like like hypnobirth breastfeeding classes or those none classes. of that none of that there was nothing and you know I was in a space of like I was like I know it's gonna hurt 
there's no point trying to avoid that it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful. I'm pushing a baby out of my you-know-who. Like, it's going to hurt. So I'm not going to sit here and try to think of ways it's not going to be painful. I I was like, I'm not going to sit here and think of how my birth experience is going to go because it's really out of my control. And for me, my intuitiveness as a mother was just to let everything go how it's supposed to go. And I was the most unprepared probably birthing mother you've ever met. I didn't research anything. I was just like, I just want to water birth. It looks lovely. That's what I want. Like, it looks calming. I love bath. Like, that was it. I was like, we'll go in and we'll just have the baby. Yeah. And no joke, I had the most cruisy pregnancy and probably the most straightforward labor. Like, and even the midwife said after I had her, they were like, holy crap, you were born to do this. So I was like, <laughs> and I pushed her out in 30 minutes. Like, just wow. bang. 30 minute pushing, that was it. And they were just like, holy crap. Like, that doesn't happen for a lot of new mums. But for, like, it was a long labor. Like I was having contractions for like 12 hours or something, but yeah, I was very much just like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to control anything. And I think, yeah, like the way you speak on it all as even becoming a parent, that's sort of how I was unconsciously just coming up to labor. But how would you say, would you say you feel the same when it comes to giving birth? Are you going to be very much relaxed and letting it flow? Or do you want to have some sort of, um, I guess, knowledge behind it and idea of what you want? Yeah. So for me, I, 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 and you know, this is the thing and I want to quickly preface, there is no wrong or right way of giving birth or cruising through the pregnancy journey. So for us, when I found out, I was like, okay, I want a great support team behind me. So very earlier on, we hired a doula, we got a private midwife, um, we've hired a hypnobirthing person who's going to come to our home over four weeks and do two classes with us. So we are very prepared. We're, we're, prepared, we're very prepared yeah. and I'm feeling supported now more than ever, which I feel like is a testament to the journey that I'm going through in this initiation into motherhood. You know, because I'm I'm feeling supported by the feminine. I'm really feeling like I have a village of women behind me. And yeah. being able to, like, I am a sucker. And, you know, if you can't tell already from all of the things that I've done, I am a sucker for knowledge and learning more. And yeah. so, like, when my hypnobirthing lady told me that she can give me tools and techniques, Oh, did it? Yeah. When I when I found out that my hypnobirthing lady was like, yeah, I could give you all these techniques and all of these things to help you grow and expand, I was like, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, like if I was to do my time again, I would definitely do hypnobirthing of some mm-hmm. sort because I had a friend who eventually I do want to get on the podcast too, so she had birth trauma. And for her, like to have her second pregnancy, she wanted to be empowered within the the next pregnancy and giving birth because she did have such birth trauma from the first child. And what she did, honestly, it looked incredible and the tools she learned. And I'm like, wow, like that actually looks amazing. Like I know my first experience happened how it did and I was just very lucky that it happened so straightforwardly. But 
I would absolutely love if I ever was to have another child to do some sort of hypnobirthing and yeah, be really empowered in my body and the decisions you're making and be full across all of that. So yeah. I know if in that experience something did go wrong, I actually didn't have the knowledge and I probably would have been a bit less empowered because I didn't have any knowledge and it was just lucky that it all flowed for me how it did. But if I was to do my time again, I think I would love to do something like get a hypnobirthing coach or, yeah, or a doula, yeah. yeah. And, you know, same thing with post giving birth. Like I am so open to whatever is going to unfold and I just trust that my body knows what to do and however, however that looks like for me is going to be different. It's going to be different for everyone else that I'm looking out to who have experienced labor and birth in their certain way. And I know that whatever my body needs to do, I'm just going to let it do its thing. And, you know, that's why right now more than ever, I've been really tuning into my body and listening to my body and doing things that makes me feel connected to myself. Because, you know, I when it comes to labor and birth, I'm not going to try and control it and go, this is how I want it to look. You know, I I just know that my body already has the tools and the capacity to give birth and it's just going to do its thing. Just like it's, you know, when we first found out that I was pregnant, our baby was the size of a poppy seed and now it's the size of a sweet potato, which is so random because sweet potatoes can be all different sizes, but that's what (laughs) our app is telling us. It's so random. I know, the apps are so funny. (laughs) So, like... Just like my body had the capacity to grow something from as small as a poppy seed to a bloody sweet potato, like my body has the capacity to birth a baby unconsciously, whether I have the tools, the knowledge, the resources or not. But having that village of a doula, a midwife who knows me and who's seen me throughout my whole pregnancy and having my hypnobirthing practitioner there... It's, it's just, for me, it feels so great knowing I have a village behind me, knowing I have women who support me and who also coincide with me and that everything's going to work exactly how it's meant to and it's all perfect. Yeah, and I think that was something that the midwives in the room had mentioned to me. They said because of my mindset going into labour, because I was so like what will be will be, when you're relaxed, your body's more relaxed. And they say you've got to think about it like when women come in here and they're scared, they're tense. And when you're tense, the muscles down there are tense and it makes it harder to push out the baby. So mm-hmm. it's as if the more relaxed you are, the the right endorphins come out and it relaxes the rest of your body and it loosens your muscles. And that's that was part of the reason why I wanted to have a water birth because I knew that I'm very calm when I'm in the bath. So I knew that I wanted to have a water birth because I knew it would relax everything and soften everything. Yeah. And I think obviously you having that village of people there will help soften you in that time, you know, and not feel alone and feel calm and know that you've got this team of support around you. So yeah. it's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. I am so excited. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Well, do you have a... um? an appointment coming up for your baby scan soon how much longer have you got so I well actually I had a midwife appointment today but because she's a midwife I only see her and she actually messaged me this morning she went I got called in for a birth this morning so I'll have to reschedule 
offer you don't have your appointment anymore. Don't have my appointment anymore. I'll see her tomorrow. But yeah, it, it's so exciting having like a private midwife where I can contact anytime and, and see her throughout my whole pregnancy. If I have any questions, concerns, it's so nice to just have someone who just gets you and also who appreciates like your way of viewing things. I feel like labor and birth and motherhood, your views on it and how you want a mother is so unique. So yeah. have people in your corner who just support you and go like you do you girl. Like I love that. And my midwife is the testament to that. She's perfect. Yeah. Well, when I became a mum, it was very lonely for me because I didn't have any friends having babies. I was the first of all my friends having babies. I knew no one with babies. I'd grew up like I grew up next door to a kindergarten. So I actually grew up, I was very mothering as a child. Like I had the baby doll, the pram. Like I grew up always wanting to be a mum. Um, I used to babysit people all the time. But then when you become a mum for yourself, it is just so different to then looking after someone else's, to having your own and the the feelings, all of it, so different. And I look back to even babysitting my nephew and I'm like, I'm like, I did that with him. Like I would never do that with my child. I'm like, oh my God. But yeah, it's just funny. Like I was so alone. So I created a page called um, The Dummy Spit on Instagram and I got connected with mothers to make me feel like I had someone there when I was concerned or worried about things. I was confused. Yeah. Put it up on the dummies bit page and they would you know give me different answers but after I think a year I got to the point where I didn't really feel the need to ask the questions anymore because I felt like I knew my child enough to not need the out outside opinions or perspectives but it did help me and I know with parenthood everything is trial and error you might try something that some works for someone else but it may not work for you Yes. Or it might. And so that's what the good thing about that page was, is I could try things that worked for other mums, but sometimes they wouldn't work for me. And eventually I might find something that works for me. And then I got to share it to other mothers just in case it worked for their children. And it, it was a really amazing community, which I've now switched to the podcast page because obviously that didn't feel like where I wanted to go anymore. I didn't feel like I wanted to be in that space because for me personally, I don't believe... I believe every mother has their own intuition around their child and I think it's good to get tips and help but I don't think it should be predominantly my advice to people shouldn't be predominantly on parenting because I think no size fits all when it comes to being a parent. So now it's a podcast page. But, um, yeah, so it's just interesting you say, you know, you've got this village of people and I think, yeah, it's so important when you become a mum to have that support and whether you the advice works for you or not it's just comforting having that there yeah it's it's so scary it's a little tiny human that is yours and you literally you hold them for the first time you're like oh my god like I have to keep this little person safe at all times yeah it is actually insane like you're looking after a whole entire human being like their life is in your hands and it is such a crazy experience so yeah. yeah, I'm very excited to see you go on this journey and see how you change and evolve as well as a mother as well. I know. I'm I'm so incredibly excited. It's going to be the most wild journey ever. 
And, you know, out of all of the personal development courses and things that I've done, I feel like this be the best of them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's show me the capacity at which I can hold and who I truly am and also my feminine side as well. You know, I've done some amazing things over the past four years. And I've created a lot of things and a lot of that has been masculine driven. So I feel like, you know, this, this pregnancy, which was an unexpected pregnancy, I asked myself in the beginning, why now? Like, this is so random. Why now? And I feel like it's because it's teaching me to interweave that feminine and know, you know, for me, the biggest learning was unconsciously my body is growing a baby. Like I said before, I've already created a baby from a poppy seed to a sweet potato. Yeah. (laughs) So like, what is that teaching me about life? Well, it's teaching me that sometimes you don't always have to know the how, but it all just unfolds exactly how it's meant to. And some yeah. have to think about the steps and what it looks like and try to control it, but you just trust and surrender. You know, I don't have to think about the how-to of growing fingers and toes. My body just does it. And this has taught me so much about, you know, what I want to bring to life in terms of my manifestations and everything that I want to attract in my life. What if it wasn't so much about the step-by-step and the how-to, but actually just trusting trusting and surrendering? Like, what if it is just that? So, yeah, my pregnancy so far has already taught me so much about leaning into feminine and all of the beautiful things that comes with it. With all of that said, I had a question come to me. What would you say has been your hardest unconscious pattern to rewire? My hardest unconscious pattern? This is a- working on something right now. I guess they're always there. Yeah. So- the one that's been the hardest to sort of change and soften yeah. and make easier to... Yeah, so for me, it it has to be a belief and it's the belief of I'm not good enough. It's my favour. And the reason why I would say it's it's been a thing that's been an ongoing challenge for me is I integrate it and then it comes back again while I'm reaching new levels and evolving as who I am as a human in life and business. Because I'm constantly reaching new levels of who I am in life and in business. And while I get there, I go, oh, am I good enough to do this? Like, hey, I want to make this much in a year. Oh, am I good enough to do that? Oh, I'm going to be a mum. Am I good enough to do that? So for me, it's, it's, the, it's the same belief, but it, it comes up through every stage and evolution that I come through. However... In saying that, I have learned to deal and manage it better. And, and you know, this is what, what I was saying before about NLP is learning to change the stories and the narratives that I tell myself. So, you know, stop telling myself that I'm not good enough to to achieve that. I am good enough to achieve that, you know, and, and it's, it's really proving that to myself because look at where I was four years ago compared to now. If I have the capability to do that, I have the capability to keep evolving. So what what do you do? What's your biggest practice to get that 
thought pattern out of your head and to change that narrative again when it does pop up? What do you do for yourself? It's easier said than done. However, it's literally what I like to call a pattern interrupt. So the minute that I hear my, and it might be different for everyone, it might look like a vision you have or an internal conversation you're having with yourself or a certain feeling. That might be your indicator of a certain emotion that you're feeling or a limiting belief that's coming up for you. You literally just disrupt the pattern. Remember what I said before about how you get in the car the same way? Yeah. Your beliefs and your way of dealing with emotions and dealing with situations, they're on autopilot. So the only way that you're going to do something different is by doing it different, right? So for me, if I have that belief of I'm not good enough coming up, what am I telling myself that I'm not good enough to achieve? And how can I prove myself wrong? And that looks like just feeling this the the discomfort and the worry and the scarcity and doing it anyway. And yeah. that I can do it. Or it might be putting myself in the room with the expanders of people who are doing the things that I don't think I'm capable of doing to show myself, well, if they can do it, so can I. Yeah, it's quite interesting you say that because it's obviously like that's a similar story I've been telling myself for a long time is I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. And I had this, I went, when Trav was down on the Gold Coast and all the mentors came and they did like a little group thing and they spoke out on a lot of things. And even just sitting in the crowd, listening to some of the questions people were coming up with, I was like, oh my God, like these questions from just like the people in the crowd are so like smart and inspiring and I'm like how are they even it's like how do they have these questions and then afterwards there was a lunch that they were all going to have a lunch and Trab invited me to come and I didn't feel good enough to be around them like I felt when he invited me to go I was like to him oh like are you sure I'm not intruding like I I don't have to come he's like Nick you're, you're a friend like why wouldn't I but there was that part of me feeling like wow I'm around all these incredible coaches yeah it was so inspiring and I didn't feel good enough to be around them and then after leaving there I went home and thought about everything I said that day and I was like should I be embarrassed and that played out for me and I was like why am I sitting here worrying about what I said like and it's that part of me that doesn't think I'm good enough to be around those those sorts of people because I'm inspired by them yeah and like that's the very first thing is the self-awareness piece, right? Of actually recognizing, okay, cool. I can, I see you, I feel you. Like noticing when something's coming up for you. But it's the self-awareness piece and also your emotional intelligence and your, your ability to do something different and to not continue the pattern of, you know, the hamster wheel of the limiting beliefs and the negative emotions and telling yourself these stories and, your, and the narratives of what you think is possible. You know, it's, it's really changing that. That's what truly makes the biggest difference. Yeah. Well, we've hit to an hour, so I'm going to ask you one more question and I think we might have to wrap it up. Yay. Final question. What did I have here? So what would be your biggest tips for anyone struggling in business and life? My biggest tips for anyone struggling in business and life. This is a great question. My biggest tip is just make the move. And if you're feeling those internal pulls and those internal nudges to do something different and to evolve and expand, just lean into it. You don't have to wait till you get that truck. You can trust the feather messages and you can do it now. 
you can move now. That would be my best piece of advice. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I really did that with today, to be honest, because for me, getting a guest on was really nerve wracking because I've started sitting in the comfort of just recording by myself. Mm. So I knew that the next step was to get a guest on and I knew that that would be my biggest challenge. And I knew how long it took me to actually record on my own. And I'd finally crossed that bridge of recorded two episodes and that piece came back for me. I'm like, oh, am I ready for a guest? Can I do this? Am I going to be able to have a conversation for that long? And look how today turned out. Like, We've had the most incredible chat and I'm so grateful for you showing up today and me showing up today as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just goes to show if you just lean into something, look what incredible things can happen because this has been the most epic episode. I've had so much fun. I have learned so much and I feel like the listeners are going to learn so much and I feel like you're such a beautiful, inspiring person. And thank you so much for jumping on today. Yay, thank you so much for having me. It was a really great conversation. I loved everything that we delved into. Me too. Yeah, you know where to follow Jenna. She's on Instagram. Is it just Jenna San- Sanson? I might have to um, link you in the show notes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come and follow me. I have lots of content around mindset, business, all of the things. And if you're a mom, you're pregnant, or you are a mom, come and follow me on my journey. Um, and I love connecting with like minded people. It's really great. <laughs> all right. Thanks again for stopping in today. Yay, thank you.